Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Be damned, Evan. It's 160 podcast episodes starting today. Very good. Yeah, very good. No, very good. No, no, very no, no, good. No, no, no. I don't know. I had to change it yeah. up, right? Yeah. I had to do something different. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do. But uh, the topic of today is the creative benefits of appreciating other people's work. Yes. So, um, you know, I mean, I think this started to come, come about because, you know, we're just we were talking a little bit about how like, you know, art is reviewed and how people talk about it and how they communicate and connect about it. And, um, you know, there's, there's some people love to just get on the social media and they love to just hate on stuff. Yeah. You know, and they love to say, it's just terrible. It's bad and whatever. And, and so, you know, and I think like part of it for me that came out of this was like, you know, I, I don't mind. You don't like something. You don't have to like everything. There's a lot of stuff I don't like either. And, um, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, like lowbrow, highbrow art, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the thing is, is I think like people need to kind of keep their opinions also in check a little bit because it's like, if you just say something's bad or you didn't like just say, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't get it. It, it you know, whatever. Wasn't or, my thing. Right. Yeah. But like, it, you know, at the same time, I think with every film or anything that you, you, you say consume that's art, try to look at what you can actually appreciate about it, even if you didn't like it. Yeah. You know, because like just hating on and saying it's bad, like that's such an easy way to just be like, I'm done with it. I never want to think about it again. Yeah. You know? And I mean, and it's not to say that there isn't a value to criticism, but I don't think that you can fairly criticize something unless you can also see and appreciate the things that, that a piece of art or, or what an artist has done well. Right. You know, and very often like it's, and the thing is that I think when we gravitate towards criticism, and I mean, this podcast, I mean, we're, I, I mean, I know that we have probably all kinds of, uh, listeners to this, but you know, we, we talk a lot, um, uh, about artists and to artists. And if, so if you are an artist listening to this, you know, if you are gravitating towards, you know, being critical all the time, uh, that's kind of something that I want to like shed a little bit of light onto, because the thing is, is that, I, for myself, i I believe that, you know, you get what you give. And if you are nothing but critical all the time, that's exactly what you're going to get back. Yeah. Um, whether it's from other people or if that's just yourself, if you're just going to be overly critical of yourself and that has a whole sort of branch of like issues that it can bring up right when you're in creative mode. You know, like if, because it's like you're, you're constantly looking over your shoulder of, am I doing this right? Is this good enough? Right. And blah, 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 because you're, because you've established sort of a circle and a culture in your world of, of just being nothing but negative and critical. Yeah. Um, so we want to talk about, let's like, about the appreciation. I don't want to necessarily focus too much on, on criticism. We've done a lot of podcasts on like criticism and how you handle that and that sort of thing. But this is really about appreciation. Yeah. What to do. Well, what, like maybe how to, 
how to start focusing on where you put your attention and energy into art or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Cause I think and finding also, genuine appreciation for things that other artists do, you know, like yeah. that's, that's true because like, you know, if you're, especially if you're a big cynic out there, <laughs> it can mean easy. It's like, all right, well, I hated this film. Uh, sure. I could tell you what I appreciate about it. I appreciate the fact that, um, I will probably never see as big a piece of shit like this again. <laughs> it's like, that's not yeah. real appreciation. That's no. like still being like, you're still being completely critical at that point. Really, I think really starting to look at something, even if you didn't subjectively enjoy something, um, and you're, and you'll never kind of come back to it necessarily. Um, being able to still find some things that it did do well, um, can, is, is a, is a good thing. Right. Yeah. Well, you have you ever heard that saying that heaven and hell isn't necessarily somewhere you go. It's something you carry with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I think when you're always like, hating that's on that's a stuff, state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. If you're always hating on stuff, you're always finding the negative. You, you end up projectively bringing that into your future. You know, you bring that into your world. And so like appreciation, I think the value of that is that it really creates a heaven for you because you start to look at what's good and what's working and what's kind of positive. Now, I don't think you should necessarily be all positive And like, I'm never going to be critical and never look at how anything's negative. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. But if you're going to look negatively and you're in the habit of always looking like all negative, then get in the habit of throwing some appreciation in there, you know, spice it up a little bit, yeah. you know, give yourself a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of, um, I don't know, like uh, range or something that like, like, for example, here, like, you know, if you light a film, if it's all light, you won't even see the film. You need darkness to see the film. At the same time, you need light to see the film, but you need yeah. a little of both. And actually it's the combination of light and dark that makes a film actually look pretty. Yeah. And so like when you write your review, think about that the same way, you know, like if you're, if, if you want to say like the darkness is the critical and the, and the light is the appreciation, it's not about being like one or the other is wrong. It's about finding a good range of both. But when they're all dark, or they're all negative. It's like, that's not really a great review. All you've told me is you don't like it and you can't see anything other than what you don't like. And it, it, same time when everyone's like, this is the best film ever, you know, it's perfect. Everything's so great about it. You know, the thing is, is you kind of question that too, because you go, well, you know, and, and I think like the thing is, is that cause nothing, nothing is perfect. Yeah. Objectively, nothing is ever perfect. Right. And I yeah. think like, you know, the, the, the thing is, is it's probably better to err on the side of appreciation than to be critical. Because I think if you're critical, you know, the downside is now if you go to create or you go to do anything, that same critical voice you have is going to be coming into the work that you try to create. And that's going to stop you from being able to create because you're going to hear all the things that are wrong with your own stuff. Yeah. You know, and I think like any artist out there needs to, if they want to do anything, they have to start to believe in themselves and start to see what they're doing. Right. Even if they know they're doing a lot wrong, you know, you gotta, you gotta start to see that you're doing at least something right. So that you can kind of start to get momentum. Yeah. You know, and I don't think we're born out of the womb, like just perfect artists necessarily, (laughs) at least not, you know, we are, we are, I think, you know, creative beings in our own light, but learning how to share and communicate that with each other that's, that takes skill, that takes learning, that takes data in the world interacting, you know? And you know, what's also interesting too, is, um, a little while ago you talked about, about this, but, um, 
you know, for, uh, you're, you're relaunching your school mm-hmm. and you kind of like beforehand, you were doing some research and you're asking, you know, some people in the community and like, you know, friends and acquaintances and things like that. What is something that you want most? Mm-hmm. Right. And you had asked, and the number one thing that you came, that people came back with was community. Yeah which kind of surprised me a little bit, but people want community. And the thing is, is that if you want to have a community that's built on appreciation, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, that's not built on criticism. Really? Like, I think the thing is, is the, where people do find a community is that misery loves company community. Yeah. Then that community, I don't know if they're, they do anything good for you other than they're a group of people you complain together with because in my experience, people who complain together build nothing. Yeah. You know, those are always the people that just like, everything is shit. Everything's just a downer all the time. They'd never build anything, never produce anything. So like, it's great that you got all your friends and you sit around and bitch and moan about everything, but like do something. Cause if they had to create something, think about this, this is the reason why they don't do it. Cause if they had to build something and put it out there, their little community that just tears the shit out of everything, they know they have to face that cause that is their world. Yeah. So you're not exactly. going to create shit. So don't surround yourself with people that are overly critical because not only does it destroy you from creating or producing anything, but it, it's like, it's a handicap on you in life, you know? And yeah. like, you know, so I think like with community, it wasn't just community. People wanted community that they actually believed would be there to help and support them and encourage them and give them, you know, help them like, you know, just whatever they needed to kind of like someone they could have their back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that they could build a community that was ever evolving. That was doing that. Yeah. They didn't want a community that was just going to talk about how shitty everything was. Yeah. You know, no one requested that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the other thing too, is that I think with appreciation, uh, comes inspiration Yes, as well as opposed to what comes of criticism, Hmm. you know, which it criticism does not usually bring about inspiration other, maybe temporarily out of some sort of a, I could do it better, maybe sadistic kind of, yeah. yeah, Like, but it's not, that's not a very authentic way of operating. Um, and not very joyful way of working either. Yeah. That's not like, that's not like really being a visionary. That's like, well, the bar is here so I could get over that. Like, you know, as opposed to saying like, I have this idea that like, I don't even know how high I could go, but it's like, I think if people are, are always just trying to beat the minimum, you're all, you always perform at the minimum. But if yeah. you have like a vision of like, I want to jump as high as I can just to see how high I can jump, you know, in this analogy, yeah. I mean, that's a much better way to push yourself than to just try and be competitive and beat other people or, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I that's know. like a huge thing for um, ours is that that's a big thing is, is being competitive. Yeah. You know, when you're looking, especially at your peers, um, like everybody's like, you're just in competition with everybody. And, you know, on some level, depending on what you do. Yeah. Like there is kind of a competition, but I, I feel like that's kind of an overstated and an over, um, and an overexamined compartment to artistic industry, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even in like something like acting where, you know, you're literally sitting in a waiting room with like a dozen or dozens of people who are going in for the same part as you. Um, and it's hard not to look at everybody as your competition. 
But again, I'd start to discover like through that experience that looking at people like that as your competition does nothing to help you in terms of giving a performance. Mm -hmm. It does nothing to sort of feed your creativity. It really only feeds your fear, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and now you start operating, working out of a sense of fear. But when you're working from that place, yeah, like it, you kind of, I think what it does is it gives you a lot of busy work. And again, from my own experience, it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to work harder. Right. I'm just going to work harder. And it's like, and it's like, well, how, how do you even work harder on, on this thing that you're doing? You put more time into it. What does that, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, like what, what, what kind of work are you, are you going to accomplish here? That's going to give you the leg up right. on everybody. And it's just like, and, and you can't answer that question. Right. Because the thing is, is that they're like any one of those people could have put more hours into it than you do. You never know. Right. Um, but it does. It, and then it gets you to me, it gets you functioning and working from, uh, from a place that is not conducive to, to your best creative self. Right. When you're in that competition mode, right? Like it puts you into a very, um, I don't know, left brain, kind of way, maybe to put it that way, it puts you kind of in a very left brain place, mm-hmm. um, which is really not like, you know, it's our right brain that is like kind of our most creative side. Yeah. But when we get so oriented towards, I've got to compete, I've got to get a leg up, I've got to have the edge on everybody. Um, you know, that might work, that might work well for certain disciplines and certain occupations in the world. But not really with, with creative pursuits. Hmm. You know, there's a little, a little quote of wisdom, which I, I like, and I try to remind myself if I ever get in that mindset, which is that if you ever want to assure yourself to not be happy, compare yourself to others. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. if you go around and you just start comparing yourself, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to start being pretty unhappy. Yeah. You're going to start being that person's funnier. That person looks better. They're richer. They're, they're succeeding where I'm not. They got this, that, whatever, you know, maybe I'm beating people here and maybe you can start to feel good from that, but that'll always get beaten and everything's like constantly going to run out. So I think this whole competitiveness and, and it's, it just breeds jealousy and then worse, sometimes envy, yeah. you know, when, when all of that stuff starts to come out, I think that, you know, it can just turn into an internal poison that you just carry around with you, you know? And I think like if people aren't honest about when they're like just being competitive and they're not just being like authentic, then I think like they can't understand why they're so unhappy. And you know, it's interesting, right? Like we live in, in, uh, you know, North America, right? We live in a first world country. There's more unhappiness in, in like North America and like these first world countries, and there are in a lot of other places in the world. But if you think about it, if you keep listening to media and you keep listening to what corporations and companies and, 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 and propaganda and whatever want you to do, they want you to, com- they want you to compete. They want you to be competitive and to compare yeah. because if you compare yourself to the other person and they have a nicer pair of slacks or a pair of shoes or a nicer house or a nicer car, now you want that too. And it actually gets you to upsell and buy and do all this stuff. So yeah. in, in, from a business point of view, from an unethical business point of view, in some ways, they want you to be thinking this way. The only way to stop is to literally, you have to stop. Now you can't control what everyone else does, but I mean, you know, I don't think, I don't think this, this podcast is about changing what everyone thinks It's about helping maybe one person today. 
you know, yeah. maybe helping one of us, right. Yeah. To stop doing it. Yeah, right? definitely. But at like, times for sure. You know, but I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I think in sports there's healthy competition, you know, where there's kind of like, okay, but well, that's play. That's play. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, it's a different, there's a different, like, it's not too serious in many ways. Although, you know, lots of people do take their, take sports extraordinarily seriously. Um, and that's usually when there's problem, when problems happen riots, <laughs> and then people's days ruin because their team. Yeah, lost. exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, and then we go, it's just a game guys. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, and it's, they didn't even play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like and, they watch their team play and then they're so upset and then they hate someone else because this other person likes this other team or is from that other place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if you took two people who were in a totally different place and one person cheered for one team that was like not not in their, the area they live and another person cheered for another team, not in an area they live. And they just chose by choice. Yeah. And then to get mad at that person, cause they chose this team and you chose that. It's so ridiculous. You know yeah. what I mean? But we're, this is the, this is insanity. And like, yeah. you know, and I mean, and I think that, I mean, to a degree, I don't want to completely write off the importance of quote unquote competition Yeah. because uh, I do think that it does actually give us something, you know, like to have, to have, I think it's how we look at competition, mm-hmm. you know, like it is, we look at it as a very cutthroat kind of thing, as opposed to something to inspire us. Right. Because like, um, you know, like I've been in, in acting classes before where I was sitting in there and I was like, I like, you know, <laughs> iron up everybody seeing it, like really watching everybody's work. Yeah. Um, and you know, some, and, and cutting people down in my head, not, mm-hmm. you know, not vocally or anything, but, you know, cutting people down, it's like, it's like, ah, oh, that was just all right. And blah, 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 you know, and, but other times we're like, oh my God, their work is so good. Crap. Their work is so good. <laughs> you know, and like you, no matter what you're screwed, you're on, you're yeah. kind of unhappy about it either way. Um, and then I've been, and then later on, I've, I've been in a situation where I was in a classroom do like, and in doing an intensive with an incredible class of people where it was like, it was competition, but not really. Hmm. It's hard to explain. It was like, cause really it was just, uh, it was just, I felt it was everybody inspiring each other right? Like somebody did something great and you went, wow, Hmm. that was amazing. And you know, it comes down to appreciation. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't us tearing someone down or anything like we were all, everybody had kind of humility about them. And as part of the process that was going on that, you know, we were all learning, all growing. And when somebody did something truly great, like we also went, wow, that was incredible. And we said it to each other. It's just like, that was like, what you did was so, so moving. Like it was, you know, and, and we created this culture, you know, around ourselves of just, um, appreciating each other and valuing each other. And we grew further because of it. Right. You know, because we felt like it it gave us a sense of feeling safe Hmm. to take a chance, to put ourselves out there more, to be more vulnerable, to just like, let go a bit more, you know, like it's, and that's, I think what the power of, of appreciating, especially your peers, you know, the, the people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, finding appreciation for them because you're going to just start to create something in your life and around you. And more people are going to want to be part of that too. 
you know, cause I think people are sick of, especially in artistic endeavors, you know, like we all kind of got into it to get away from that sort of shit in a, in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, we didn't want to enter that world, but yet here we find ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, in this thing where we're just like studying each other to see who might be better than me, who might be worse than me, you know, just trying to see comparing, right. Where it's like, where do I fit in right. with all of this? As opposed to just being like, let's try and do the best work that we're all capable of, Yeah, you know, and, and, and telling each other that, you know, you did that amazingly. Uh, you know, the other day I went into, um, this is a few weeks back, but I went into like a music store and I was, uh, I was just looking at some guitars and stuff like that. And there was this guy just sitting in, in the acoustic room, uh, playing a guitar and I, he was just an incredible player, you know, he was really great. And so after like five minutes or so, and he had finished playing and he put, put the guitar down, you know, it was weird because I felt almost uncomfortable about it. But then I was just like, no, just say something, just say something. And I just said, you play really beautifully. Like, and he just went, wow, here's my number. (laughs) 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 And he was just like, he was just like, it's like, oh, thank you very much. You know, like, and we ended up having this really terrific conversation, right. You know, just about music and, and whatever. And it was just like, it, it really sparked something. It kind of got me inspired. It kind of got him inspired. Like show some love. Yeah. You know, I think appreciation is an act of love for, for, for somebody, you know? And I I think it's, it's something that we could all stand in the benefit of getting in the habit of doing more. Yeah. I mean, I think like, uh, you know, if we lived in a world where people just were in the habit of appreciating all the time, I mean, it would be pretty wonderful. I think it's pretty clear. So, you know, I think the thing is, is like, um, you know, it's, it's funny because I think like, I think sometimes it's good to just stop and like, just put it out there because, you know, sometimes just saying this, and my hope is that even from this podcast title, if you're even like listening to it or you're even listening to us, it's like, you might just go, Oh yeah, you know what? I'm not doing that enough. Like you don't even really need to listen to us sell you on it. Like, like, isn't it clear that that's probably a better way to go? Like, do we really want to be critical? And I think like when, when people are being really, really critical, I think they have like a lot of fear, you know, I, I, in my experience, the most critical people are usually the most scared, you know, they're, they're, they're the most fearful. And I think all being really super overly critical does is it's just basically you expressing how scared you are of something because critical is like good way to justify your like not doing it or whatever, you know, or whatever your opinions. Um, again, I still think it's good to be critical. I don't think everything should always be roses. Sometimes I think you need to be like, no, I think this is really shit. This part's really shit. But like at the same time, don't just blanket statement that something is shit. Like don't mistake your opinion for fact. Yeah, exactly. Like, and like if you're, I don't know if you're, if you're put in the position of being a teacher, because I'm sure there's people out there who do that. Right. It's like, don't just tell someone they did a bad job. Don't just tell someone that it's like not good or whatever, but be like, okay, I see what you were trying to do here, but like, this is kind of how it's coming off. It's not really working. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you could do this instead or whatever. Like, you know, what's interesting. Like right now is like, uh, you haven't seen it yet, but that's movie mother that's come out, right? Yeah. There's, it's, it's an allegory, right? So it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot more than what you're being presented with. There's, and you need to be able to read between the lines. You need to be able to see 
and, and, and um, it requires a certain amount of education because you need to be kind of aware of what the movie's saying. And also you, you need to be somewhat up on political events and like, just kind yeah. of understand what the, you know, to get it. And if you're not, it's probably going to be right over your head, you know? But the thing is, is like, um, you know, I saw it and I'm not going to say that. I don't even know if I like the movie or not. I'm not even sure. That's to me, that's like kind of an irrelevant thing. To me, I, I'll tell you though, my experience of it was extremely uncomfortable to watch. And partly that's because of the way it was shot and partly because of some other things. I don't want to give any spoilers at this moment, but it was really uncomfortable to watch. But at the same time, when I walked out of it, I was like, yeah, it was kind of a brilliant film though. It was really uncomfortable to watch. I don't know if I'll ever see it again, but I can like see a lot the, of Aronofsky films, right? But yeah. I can see the brilliance in it. And so today there's been a lot of talk going on since actually this last week, there's been a lot of talk about this film. And, you know, one reviewer is like, it's the worst movie maybe ever made. You know, it's like, <laughs> just like, and is this, it? Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst movie. Explain. Really? This is the worst movie ever made. Cause I can, I can point to a bunch of things and all like, so the thing is, is like, if you can find a hundred bad things about a film, try to find some nice things and some good things about it. Like, like, for example, I can tell you this, this doesn't ruin anything. But one of the things that was really uncomfortable for me in this film is everything shot like super close up, like right in the face, like so much of it is. And it's constantly like right in the face of the characters. And it's like, it feels very in your face and you kind of want some breathing room. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily bad or not, but I didn't particularly like that. Yeah. You know, I, but maybe that's the point of the film to feel in your face. I don't know. Yeah. So I can kind of appreciate why it's done maybe, but also at the same time go, but this is how it kind of, I kind of felt watching it at the same time and go, you know, there's certain things about the characters, which didn't seem like believable in reality, but then I can appreciate the fact that there's a greater message. And so it isn't so much about appeasing reality as much as about communicating the message. So, you know, at the same time, you can say like something that's made you think it's something that's kind of given you an experience of something and, you know, and, and it's, that's not always for everybody. Right. Right. But it doesn't, you know, yeah, your point is, is that it's not, it's not like it does not make it good or bad necessarily. Right. Like that's still, that's still a subjective thing of whether you, you cared for something or you didn't, you know, it depends on your value system. I mean, like if you want a really deep film that actually is like talking about deep messages and is trying to communicate something to the world about a a new way of thinking or a deeper way of thinking, then it's a fantastic film. If you're looking for pure entertainment and you just kind of want to be scared on a, you know, on a weekend night or something, I mean, that might not give you that. And so then in that respect, it doesn't rate well on that side of it. Right. But like, you know, it's like my issue right now is like, you have the movie it that just came out and you have, um, another big movie that just came out. Uh, what was it? Well, it made in the opening weekend, I think it was something like 170 or 180 million. I know it was at least 125, but they estimated it would make 70 million. So this film came out, it's a huge blockbuster success. It's extremely scary. Um, you know, there's certain parts about it where the scenes are kind of like, they're almost by rote. Like they're kind of like, okay, well they're going to do this thing. That's going to scare me. And they're going to do a jump scare and you kind of start to get predictable. Yeah. And, and from, from this aspect of entertainment, um, it does a really great job at that. Is it the deepest, most profound story? Well, I think what Stephen King did with the novel is way deeper than what this movie did, but you know, obviously entertainment sells and it does that mother is not really like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it was a festival film that they decided to distribute. It's 
as far as I know, it's only made seven million in the box office. So we're talking yeah. about David and Goliath here. But like that movie, um, if you stop and you think about the messages, and, and you know, this is really profound. Like, like honestly, I that movie, even though I'm not sure if I even liked it, I've thought about it a lot since, even over a few days, and just things are, the balls are dropping, like things are happening. I'm going, okay, well that makes sense. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's what that is. Oh wow. I didn't even see that. And so I'm, and then I started reading some reviews and I saw what yeah. people are seeing and then I'm seeing, oh yeah, like people missed this or some reviewer got that. Yeah. Um, and so my point is, is that, you know, different films are doing different things. So if it's just not as entertaining yeah. as you want, it doesn't make it a bad film. Yeah. And yeah. I think you're illustrating that point is that you like, again, subjectively, you don't quite know if you liked it or not. Um, but you are showing exactly the point of like, but you have a lot of appreciation for what's going on in it, right? For, for well, a lot of the things that were done in it. Yes. And, and that's everything that we're talking about because you can learn something from that. You know, again, if you are unable, if you can't, if you're unable to, to appreciate something about a particular work, then I, you can't really give it fair criticism either. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you have to be able, nothing is ever just, it, it's, it's never just that black and white, yeah. especially in art. You know, it's like, it's never just black and white. Like it's what you thought about it, whatever, on a personal level, your opinion, that's fine. I'm not saying change your opinion, just dig a little deeper before you just say it was a you know, is just a complete waste of time or a big piece of shit. Yeah. You know, like, and ask some questions. Like when you dig deeper, questions. just ask some questions. Yeah. Like, um, especially for like you had mentioned that you saw some review, um, from somebody who said that they hated mother. Um, but they also hate, they've hated like all of Aronofsky's other movies. Yeah, they like, hated like Black Swan, for a dream. They hated dream. Black Swan. Yeah. And I mean, and I, in, in some ways it's like, I'm like, I understand that. Like when I saw Requiem for a Dream, which was once, <laughs> I'm like, I'm never watching this movie again. Right. But I really, uh, again, I appreciated it. Like I thought it was a very powerful film. It made me very uncomfortable. It made me see some things and look at some things that made me feel very off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're very, dist- it was, it was disturbing. Um, but just because I have no desire to go and watch it again, doesn't mean that it was like bad. I think it was a kind of a brilliant film, even though it, yeah, it was unsettling. Uh, but my thing is, is that for this one particular reviewer who hated all of their stuff, who's still going to see his films. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, so you're still making this choice to go and see his movies. Right. So why is this? Right. And you know, it could be partially that to the degree that Aronofsky is a fairly celebrated director, you know, like um, amongst sort of like the, the sort of like the, I don't know, the avant-garde circles, sure, yeah. you know, of, of cinema. Uh, so, you know, you might be continuing to show up to see his movies because you're like, well, I'm waiting to see what the big deal is with this guy, mm-hmm. right? It's like, well, how much have you gone in to look and see his process, you know, like what, like what's he trying to do? I think that can lend itself a a great deal to understanding where, where the, the artist, where the director in this case is coming from, Mm -hmm. because it might shed light and a whole new awareness 
on what you're seeing. Right. Right. And you might be able to start to appreciate more of what's going on Mm -hmm. in the films by being like, Oh, I see what they're trying to do. You might learn something about the medium. Totally. You know, like there's a, there's an opportunity there for, for you to grow in a way that you didn't expect. Right. Like, especially if you're like, you know, especially if you're like a writer or, you know, a filmmaker today, you know, I think in Arnosky film, whether you like it or not, the great thing that he's doing, I think for the medium is he's, he is actually creating, um, like artistic films with deeper messages and deeper things. And so I'm not going to say that you should swing that far to that side of things, but at the same time, maybe get a little bit further away from Batman and Superman. You know what I mean? Like if you, you know, if Batman and Superman is like basically the safest, you know, film that you can make, then, you know, Aronofsky might be on the spectrum of not quite the, the riskiest, but the, almost one of the riskiest filmmakers that can kind of make an art film like David Lynch, same way. I think, you know, it's yeah. like, it can make an art film that still somehow makes it into mainstream media. Yeah. Or and Wes so, Anderson or something like that. And or, so when people don't yeah. like mother, like all I really hear, like when they say, I just don't like it, I think it's shit. Right. You know, whatever. I, I'm just like, okay, basically all you're telling me is about you. You're telling me that you don't like anything unless it's mainstream media, because if you can't appreciate the fact that there's more going on, that someone made an allegory film, which is a pretty cool thing you can't even appreciate that part of it and and the nuance art of that, then I think what's happening is you just like, you just like, you you know, spoon fed, you just want to be spoon fed your stuff. And that's fine. There's no problem with that. It doesn't make you bad. doesn't make you anything. But like, I think the thing is, is that, you know, uh, I think we need to be careful about our opinions. Here's another thing. I just want to, because this is really important to me. Get it out there, brother. The thing I appreciate about mother, it's two things really, but the thing I appreciate about mother is this, it took a risk. Now, did that risk yeah. work or not? I'm not the judge. Maybe it didn't. I'm not going to say it did. I'm not going to say it's a great film or whatever. I say there's some brilliance in it, but it was definitely a risk. And when people complain about how there's always just superhero movies out there and there's just the same basic remakes that are being made all the time, you know, a movie like this comes out and it takes a risk. And that's the thing. When you don't have a pre-sold franchise and you don't do something safe and you don't do something like on the nose, there's a risk about it. At the same time, you know, if you're, you know, f- for filmmakers who are, who are new, who are doing stuff that's on the nose, you know, you can't really compete with the blockbusters. So it might be interesting to take a risk. Now, here's why I bring this up. My number one favorite film did terrible in the box office. Yeah. And so many people didn't like it. It, it, it. it did so shitty in the box office, but now today is considered... People ripped it apart too. Oh, they did. And it's considered one of the biggest cult classics of all. And it's a massive moneymaker. And it's a huge film. It's a, it's a phenomenon. This little movie is called Fight Club. And the thing is, is that people went to Fight Club going... Yeah, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna see this movie. You know, it's about fighting. It's about you know whatever, it's like an action movie. Yeah, or something. like they yeah. thought it was, or maybe a thriller. But they they expected the generic kind of thing. But it talked about materialism and masculinity and like things that were it's very hard man's, subjects. It's about man split from society. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> totally. And it was like this deep kind of uh, you know really deep. And there's so many messages. I mean, I I, I remember I. I watched that movie. I've seen it so many times. And every time I watch it, I keep getting more out of it. But the thing is, is like, if you just call that a bad movie and you were one of those people that walked out of the theater and said, it's a bad movie. It was shit. Like you, you were basically one of the people that just basically totally missed it because later when people kind of 
had some time to digest and, and it settled in, people are like, this film is brilliant. Yeah. Right. So the thing is, is like with these films that don't do well in the box office, like sure we can talk about big business and like getting movies made and stuff. Like, I don't think people should be like, Oh, you know, cause someone said like, Oh, it made 7 million in the box office. Like, this is why we keep doing remakes. And this is why like, you know, movies like this shouldn't be made. Well, it's like, just because it didn't make a lot off the bat, doesn't mean that it won't down the road. Doesn't mean that yeah. some things are going to settle in a little and then people are going to really appreciate it. I'm not saying they will either. But the thing is, is like just being like straight up like this is shit. Like people did that with Fight Club as well. And they do that yeah. with a lot of films. And I think it's just like it's 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 small minded, you know? Yeah, I think you can when you have that kind of that strong of a reaction to something, it it can be a good thing to dig a little deeper in yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like, why am I having such a strong re- response to this? Sure. Yeah. You know, and w- it could be just like, well, this just like, it just bothered me, disturbed me. I didn't like how it was like, okay, so what was it about? Like, like, why does that bother you? Mm-hmm. Like what is so upsetting about that for you? And it might get you to think about something in your own life. I mean, this is ultimately kind of like one of the big goals of art is to like make you think yeah. to make you, um, look at yourself, make you look at your own life or you, or, or the world around you in a different way. Right. Right. Explore it a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. I think that that's just like, just an attempt, you know, try, <laughs> try rather before you just like write something off entirely. Well, and I think the thing is, is like, you know, um, I think, when you're willing to go to a movie and feel uncomfortable and not necessarily like, you know, not necessarily just watch all your content purely for entertainment. I think you open up your mind, you open up some possibilities to, um, to new things, not just as a audience member and someone who can experience art and experience yourself in a new way, but also as a creative. I mean, you know, I think like, you know, if we're constantly just trying to chase like feel good distraction, um, you know, I think we, we vastly limit what our capacity is. And, you know, there's another movie. Um, it was actually a play first, but it's called closer. And it's when I saw it in theaters, I remember just like, I walked out, I felt ill. I was just like, Oh my God. Like, and I really didn't like the film. It made me feel like, Oh, and I remember thinking like, it was a little while after I'd seen it, like uh, several days. I don't know. I remember thinking, man, that film. And I thought, man, if something can make me that feel like that, then they must've been doing something right. They must've, yeah. there must've been something to it because I, you know, it wasn't like a really well acted film. It was, you know, really well done in every way whatsoever, except I felt horrible about things. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to kind of give this another view. And I think, cause I think I've seen it three times, three or four, maybe. And the second time I watched it was a little bit like, I started to look as like, you know what this is doing? This film is bringing up all my things about, you know, fidelity and cheating and sex and relationships and, and love and, and the, and the, the hard parts about it. And like the, the part about it where people aren't really connecting and that really agitated me. And I thought, you know, there hasn't been a movie that's really done that. You know, I know it was a play first and then, you know, and so I started to go, you know, there's something really brilliant about this. And so I think, um, you know, granted, you know, is, is it going to be, is it kind of popcorn entertainment where you just go out for a night of fun? No, it's not that kind of movie, but you know, there are movies for that, but you know, for someone to say that that's the only way a movie should be made, I think that's like, like that's, you know, that's the same as saying like, 
it's, it's the same as being like racist or sexist or anything. It's like only one is better. You know what I mean? Yeah. When there's other options, it's not like these other, maybe not as many people like this other option, but it doesn't make that option bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, and just because you like the most popular option doesn't make you right either. You know what I mean? And the other thing too, is just cause you like an art film and you don't like mainstream doesn't make you right either. Cause then you could just be an arrogant art yeah, exactly. person. And in, you know? and in a way it's like in sort of, sort of the, the, the universal law of relationship. Yeah. They don't exist without the other. Right. You know, like that little sort of avant-garde art film doesn't exist without there being the big blockbuster film either. You know, right, they're you pointing that out with the whole, like, not every film's a Spielberg film. Yeah. Not all your films, a Spielberg film. Spielberg's only Spielberg because there are Aronofsky's because there are other filmmakers who have different, that have their own point of view, have their own way of doing things. Right. If, if it didn't, if there weren't other people making movies out there, Spielberg wouldn't be Spielberg. Right. Um, it would just be, is, that would just be yeah. the way film is done. Right. And this is just like, even Spielberg has a voice and maybe you like his voice and his visions, but you know, another person's visions is darker and you don't like the dark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you can, you can do this with absolutely everything. I mean, it's just this sort of, when you look at it, like everything, everything is interdependent, you know, nothing is, is ever sort of separate. You know what I, you know, I've talked to you about this before, but I always like to ask people and, and pretty much everyone I meet, I always try to ask them like, what's their favorite film? And sometimes I try to get into what's your top three favorite films. Yeah. Because I like to, you know, I like to find out what people like and it's interesting, you know, um, uh, people have all sorts of interesting favorite films that I wouldn't suspect, expect. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny to me, like a, a guy, Dane, I know he just mentioned today is like sucker punch is like one of my favorite films, but I feel like people just never get it. They don't get it. Right. You know, another guy, Steve, who supports the podcast, he was on as well. I think one of his favorite movies is like ghostbusters or his favorite yeah. movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, people have, um, different movies. I know another guy, his favorite film is actually an Aronofsky. It's a black swan. It's black swan is his favorite right. film you know, mine is fight club. The thing is, is we all have different ones. And I think they all kind of say a little bit about how something resonated in that film for us. And like, you know, if you say like, take Steve and Steve and I, we talk about film and I think we have different perspectives, but we still really appreciate story. But if his favorite film is Ghostbusters and my favorite film is fight club, you can see that those are very different style films. It's a very different mediums of, of telling story, but who's, I love Ghostbusters. I totally appreciate it. But you know, and the thing is, is, it doesn't make one better than the other, but if you look at it, they're very, very different films. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, and same with, you know, I'm, I'm sure same with what Dane likes with sucker punch. I don't know if that's his favorite, but you know what I mean? Like, um, everybody can, and that's the beauty of film. So I think like before we start shitting on someone else's vision and someone else's creation, we should stop and go, you know, okay, well, what, what is, what is it about this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and I think we need to be careful too, is like, don't get on the bandwagon of hate either. Like all of a sudden people start going, oh, this film's shit. Don't yeah, just become, jump on that. Yeah. It can become sort of trendy or fashionable yeah, to, I, to just, yeah. Like to just tear on something. Well, yeah. and, you know, and you read reviews, like people say this movie's terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then you read the comments and people go, well, I'll never see the film then. And it's like, you just took a person's chance to like see something and experience something because of your, you know, your opinion of it. And like, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just think like the thing is, is that, you know, 
at the end of the day, we're just talking about art. It's not the end of the world, but I think like, how do you want to, how do you want to go forward? How do you want to process all this? How do you want to be? And like, is your being critical? Is it at the point where it's actually harming you? And like, is it limiting you or, you know, is it helping you? And, and also with the appreciation thing, are you just rose colored glasses and you're not seeing anything critically? Like, you know, still you need to look, yeah, right? Everything's good all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's not really how we are, No, you know, but, um, it's, it's about finding a balance with it, you know, and when we, when we're able, cause we have to both be able to, again, appreciate and be critical at the same time. Right. You know, they, they both provide a valuable function, um, for us. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, I think that's the thing. I, I think just, you know, probably best to err on the side of appreciation first, especially when you don't like something like, you know, um, it, it's good to kind of consider like, okay, well, you know, what was working about it? And like, instead of just basing it on how you feel, um, maybe like stop and consider like, you know, well, what caused me to feel that way? And, and was that the point? Was it supposed to make me feel that way? Cause I'll tell you one thing about mother, people felt really shitty leaving the theater and people, you know, I've talked to a few people about it. Yeah. That was the point. The point was not to make you walk away going like the world is wonderful in a certain way. It was to make you agitated so that when you left the theater, you might actually do something different, change your life. Yeah. Be a little, upset you, a you little know, bit. yeah, it's, it's designed to upset you so that you evolve. So in, in that respect, it's genius because it does that. But yeah. if it's you, also a big risk too. it's a big risk because it's like a lot of stuff does that yeah. type of thing. And I think the problem is, is like, you know, the other thing too, is like the way films are marketed and which they actually are is, is constantly a struggle because I think like, you know, they, they don't necessarily market these films, letting you know what you're getting into. So like the way uh, mother was marketed, you know, I think if any, if people are upset about anything, you should be upset about the way it was marketed to you. Don't be upset at the actual film because basically you were just sold on it in a way that maybe wasn't what you thought the film was. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, if, if it was kind of hinted at that it was more at the same time though, you know, like I've heard other like filmmakers say, well, people don't know it's an Aronofsky film and they're upset when they find out it is like, that's their own fault. You know what I mean? Welcome to the world of film. Sometimes you're going to get shocked because someone else does something different. Yeah. So, and also to me, I'm just like, you know, I, as much, I understand, especially like with film, it's, it's kind of like the most widely consumed art form Yeah, that there is, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before Yeah, or it's just like, yeah, it's like everybody's been seeing shows and movies since, you know, like forever, their entire lives. Um, but the thing is, is that to not kind of necessarily know who made the movie that you're going to, it's like, it's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Mm -hmm. It's like, you you don't even know the person who made this film. You don't know what they've done before. You know, like you haven't, especially when so much is available. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you're going to a film festival and it's a first time filmmaker, it's another thing if you're going to watch a film that like, you know, is an established uh, filmmaker who's like, you know, who's been making several yeah. films for multiple millions of dollars. Yeah. Know? It's like the same way if like you're one of those avant-garde people who loves Aronofsky films and you come walking out of a, out of a movie and you're like, what was that shit? Who made this? It's like Michael Bay, you know, <laughs> it's just like, 
Well, yeah. I mean, that's well, the same yeah, thing. Like, if you like Michael, <laughs> you didn't know you were going into a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, like Michael Bay does Michael Bay movies. Yeah, you know, if that's not your fucking thing. Then don't go and see his shit. There's like a one director I won't mention by name. I've like just said I'm not going to see any of their stuff anymore. Right. Like it's just not. They just don't make my kind of movie. Right. Um, nothing that that really interests me. Every single thing that I've gone into, I've just kind of suffered through them. Right. So, but you can probably appreciate the fact that other people enjoy it. Yeah. No. And I can actually appreciate some of what they do. Right. You know, like this one particular director does extraordinary special effects movies, like, like with, uh, insane visuals, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they usually are, are one of the sort of forefront people on doing big spectacle films, right? you know, and, uh, and doing that sort of like popcorn entertainment type of deal. Um, and I, and I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah. You know, they do have a particular visual eye, um, for things, but just on the whole, I'm just like, but I, that, that's not quite enough for me. Right. Right. To, to carry me through. Yeah. You know, it's like, so, uh, it's like, I can appreciate someone that likes a sour beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can appreciate that. It's not necessarily my favorite, although I have started to like some a little bit more, or I can have them in little bits, you know, if it's like on a flight, but yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't like IPAs necessarily at first. Now I actually enjoy them a lot. I mean, that's, you know, that's anything, right? There's anything like the other thing too, is like, I remember when I was just starting to learn about art, you know, and, uh, you know, and the, the first kind of art I appreciated most, and maybe this is pretty common with people. I really appreciated art that someone could paint or draw something that looked exactly like life. I just was blown away by that. But after looking at that quite a bit, that kind of got a little bit usual, a little bit boring and a little bit like, okay, you know, and then when people could take something that they could kind of bend reality to me, that started to be really, really interesting. So, you know, I think the other thing too, is just because you like a certain type of art today, doesn't mean that's the kind of art you'll appreciate tomorrow. You might actually start to evolve and grow. And I think that's the beauty of, um, being not just an artist, and an evolving artist who creates, but being an, even an appreciator of artists, of, yeah. of artists and art is to understand that your taste will evolve if you allow it. And that can be good because you might find that there's so much more to the creative spectrum than you think. And it's not just about a pretty picture. It's not just about a nice sound. Sometimes it's about something that you thought you would never like, but now because of the juxtaposition or because of what it has, has done or the feeling it evoked, that's actually what helps you to appreciate it more than just, you know, than just the kind of fluffy candy coated thing that you've, you know, I think you get presented with, you know, and, um, you know, and I think like, uh, you know, if you have, if you can bring more range to your kind of appreciation of things that are not so obvious, I yeah. think you really expand your art, you know, yeah. your creativity. And I talk about this beer. Yeah. You, yeah. you made kind of a great segue. Uh, <laughs> Talking about that. taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And drinking beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you think of this guy? Yeah. I really like this one. It's kind of got, a, it seems like it has a little bit of a sweetness to it. Um, I'm guessing that it's kind of like, uh, I'm guessing like, it's like either maybe like some type of, I don't know. Let me do it. <laughs> 
I'm going to say that it's, it's maybe, um, it, it almost seems like it's like a lager that has like some kind of like hibiscus or like, uh, maybe some type of fruit like mixed in it, but it, it has a little bit of that, that darkness. So it's like almost maybe an ale. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm getting. I honestly, I, it's all random to me, but I'm yeah. really enjoying it. <laughs> all random to me. All right. Well, this is, um, this is from Fernie Brewing Company, and this is called the Huckleberry Wheat Ale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I was getting the Huckleberry. I never would have guessed Huckleberry, but it's, I knew there was some type of berry. Yeah, it's kind fruit. of an unusual one for sure. But uh, And it's a wheat ale. I didn't expect yeah. the wheat ale because it, it doesn't have a, lot, a big wheat kind of, kind of profile so, to it. It seems so clear. That's why I didn't expect yeah. it, you know, because usually um, wheat, wheat ales are pretty like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what that word is that I'm looking for. You know, foggy. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. It's, it is sweeter than I thought it was going to be. It's not um, too sweet though. I actually, no. like I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like at first I was like, Ooh, this is quite sweet. But then you have to, you have a couple of sips of it. It's, um, it kind of just mellows out. But. I didn't even get that actually from the very first sip I had, I was like, Oh yeah, I can work with that. It was good. So what the buck, what the huck, what the huck. Yeah. <laughs> I like the name. Um, okay. So, yeah. So I think like, I mean, I think we keep coming back to the same point. It's, you know, finding the appreciation in these things yeah. because not, not necessarily because I, I don't think it, we have to say that everything is good mm-hmm. and, and everything isn't like really great. And, yeah. It's and not massive. about saying that you, that you just like love something that you didn't love. Yeah. It's about recognizing that there is still value <laughs> you know, that there are still positive elements to be found, even in something that you didn't necessarily like. That's, I think, something that helps us to grow and to evolve. You know, right. it's like, you know, understanding your enemy right. <laughs> in a way, getting to know your enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's still, there's still something to be gained from it. You know, you can learn something out of it. And, you know, I would say that it's like, it's, it's one of those, um, I've heard this thing, it's like called the sandwich method. And I would say, this is like maybe something you try to start practicing and basically, so it's like a three layer system, like a sandwich. Okay. So you have the first piece and you say something positive, right? You can find a piece of something you appreciate. And in the middle, it's like, is your criticism. Hmm. And then your third layer is back to an appreciative layer. Right. Again. Right. But gravitating more towards appreciation. Because I think that when you can do that, um, I think that your criticism becomes, um, more constructive yeah. and more, you, you're able to be more accurate, more articulate, more articulate, um, with, with what somebody could, could do that someone that like, you know, an artist could actually listen to and say, Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Or they could say, yes, no, I was struggling with that and I didn't quite get it to where I wanted to. Right. And, but you know, other people have now validated that for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, cause it's, it's important. I think if you want to, if you want to criticize other people's work, it is, it is important that you're able to criticize in a way that is beneficial to the artist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because and I mean, most of the you'll... time people don't do that. You know, that's the right. thing. I, I think it's because people don't necessarily know how to do that, which is why I'm, I'm <laughs> putting forth this sort of sandwich method of things. It's like, okay, maybe you didn't like this film, but say something positive about it off the top. Right. What did it do? Right. 
now find your criticism for it and now say something kind of positive about it. Right. And the other thing too, is I think like when you don't like a film, instead of getting on like the airwaves, like social media and stuff, and just blasting out that you didn't like it, instead of just like feeling this need to be like, I didn't, I I had this negative reaction. Like just take a breath, take a moment, like think about it. Maybe sit with that feeling. Like even if the film was horrible, sit with the feeling of it, of that. Because I think like, you know, um, like art can provoke a lot of feeling, you know? And I think that, um, that a lot of the best art can do a good job at kind of provoking enough feeling, but kind of still carrying you along. You know, I saw, um, I was telling you, it's an older film. It's been out for a few years now, but the the squid and the whale film. And you know what? Honestly, like I didn't really like it all that much. In fact, I watched and I was like, ah, man, but you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I still watched the whole thing. I didn't turn it off because I've been doing that more often, especially with this video on demand, you know, it's like 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes and it's just not cutting it. I'm just like, okay, like, let's just cut it. Let's move on to something else. But I carried on and watched the whole film. And like, what I appreciated about it was, you know, I felt like the acting was actually really good. I felt like they did, they had a style. They stayed very committed to that style. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, an it, interesting it an kind inter- of weirdness to it, which yeah, and kind a of dark humor that I, I yeah. appreciated. And sure I appreciated the dark humor for sure. Yeah. And so like, it was funny because, you know, before I even knew we were going to have this talk, I did walk away from that film and go, okay, well, this is what I kind of appreciate about it. Did I really like the film as my favorite film? Would I, would I really want to watch it again? No, not necessarily. But, you know, um, I think that it broke some of the, the story rules that are necessary to carry you through a story, like having a, a really relatable or likable character to some degree, someone who you can kind of bind to or bond with a little bit. Yeah. I felt like it didn't really give me enough of that to really like make me kind of, you know, there's no straight person. That was kind of the thing with the movie. I felt like if it had a straight person, all the other stuff would have come in context so much better because mm. everybody was a weirdo loser essentially in that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, my point is, is that, you know, I think the thing is you can walk away from a, from a film and go, I didn't really like that film. But I think like, if you want to improve yourself as a storyteller and a filmmaker is be more critical of how you process film as opposed to the mm. film itself. Like be more critical of your inability to understand what might be there as opposed to being critical of the film. Yeah. Like, and that's what I would say to people who maybe go see this film mother or go see fight club, be more critical about how your inability to see what's in a film. Yeah. Not to say that the film's good, but just, just, just to be able to try and reach and see a little bit more. Yeah. And especially if you're going to sound off about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you're not going to sound off about it, then, you know, maybe not such a big deal. Yeah. You don't you have know? to think about it. You can move on. But yeah. if, you, if you feel the need to tell the whole world about it, then maybe take a breath and like process yeah, a little before you start beacon off, yeah. like, you know, take a, take a little bit of time, you know, yeah. put some thought into what you're about to say rather than just like, what a stupid piece of shit. Nobody <laughs> should see this. Yeah. You know, like, and before you call something the worst movie ever, like, you know, like, I, I think that's a great headline, you know, if yeah, someone and it wants get, to do it draws that, attention, right? You know? That's the thing. And, but like, you know, I mean, like the thing is, is I, I think, you know, 
it's not just about being heard. It's also about offering value. Like if you're going to review a film and I'm going to read your review, give me some actual valuable insight to your opinion and your perception of film. Because really like when I look at critics, explain yourself, make your argument, explain yourself, man. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Explain yourself. So like, give me, give me a chance. Like the thing is, is like the way I look at critics is like this. Like if, if someone's uh, reviewing films and they're telling me what they think of films, I'm starting to get a sense for their taste. And if their taste is, is good and it's accurate. And I start for me, I start finding out, Oh, the way you interpret films is very similar to me. Now, if you see something and you've reviewed a bunch of films, like honestly, with a certain amount of appreciation and integrity, and now you're seeing this and I find that I'm aligning with other films and I can see your opinions in these other films, then I'm going to start taking your reviews seriously. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going to be like, you know, beacon off about something and it's just like, there's no real value it's offering. I mean, all you did was waste a few moments of my time reading your review. And like one reviewer, uh, you know, I started reading his review. I was like, nah, forget it. This is like irrelevant. Cause I could just see that it was just so emotionally charged with, you know, just, just opinion, 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 and no real kind of observation or critical thinking about the actual film. Just, just, just saying like, just using like really harsh, profound profanity and stuff like that, yeah. about, whatever. Right. And so the way I look at it is like, maybe that's going to connect with some people, but you know, I think, um, that, that particular review is like kind of like misery loves company kind of review where it's yeah. just like, let's just talk about how shitty everything is. And you know, I personally don't connect with that. I'm going to say, don't do it. But I think if you're always talking about the negative, you're going to create a negative experience of the world and you create a negative experience of creation and, and taking things in. And I think like the thing is, it's better to try to find the positives at least, at least two to one, you know, or at least yeah. 50, 50, or at least 25%, find something that's good in there. Like even if it's 10%, yeah. like if someone can say like at least one thing they appreciate, I'm going to at least take their negative side a little bit further. But if they can't yeah. even see something to appreciate, then it's like a totally biased view. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just becomes kind of almost hate speech about it. Yeah, film. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not, yeah, there's, there's nothing really objective. You're not coming into, to break down how, you know, um, it didn't do, uh, it, it didn't do a strong enough job in terms of developing the character or how the story was, you know, like it does, right. like, we're not talking about craft here. This is just like you just being angry. Right. You know, and it's, it's just kind of a funny thing, you know, after all, it's like, you're like, well, it's just a movie right. at the end of it all, you know, just like, it's just a game. Like it's, it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, people take, you know, it's funny. There's this great, um, video from this woman. She was like the former, well, she's not former, she's the daughter of, um, of like one of the heads of like the, the Westboro Baptist church. Uh, and she left the church and she's done some great talks and she has this one that she did for Ted and, um, just like basically about like kind of like conflict and about talking to people and and having an argument and how you even do that. And the first rule that she has is like, don't assume ill intention or Mm. bad intention. And it's like, it's funny because like sometimes when people leave reviews for something, it's like, they feel like this film had a bad intention for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, I went to see this and this movie wanted to be shitty. It wanted (laughs) me to come in and just like spit in my face that like, you know, it's like, no, that's not 
the case here. You know, like the the director's intention was probably to create a provocative work to make you know the audience think. Well, I heard, and one, if you're yeah. not thinking about it, then you've missed the point. <laughs> right. I heard one re- one review like person say, "I don't understand why Jennifer Lawrence would ever do this film." You know, or have you ever done? It's like, <laughs> why would anyone ever do this? And it's like, well, because they read the script and they got the allegory. Which, if you don't know what allegory is, like, maybe go Google that shit so you can yeah. understand. But they saw the deeper meaning of the script. But the thing is, is when I read that review and I'm like, okay, clearly you've just missed the whole point of the film. Like, you know, and the thing is, is like, when, w- like, instead of getting all upset about why you can't understand it, maybe ask the question, like, w- what's, like, why did they make this film? What, w- what is it about this film? Was like, am I missing something? Is there something I didn't get? Like, cause I mean, I think the thing is, is with film, it's like, it has two jobs. It has one to entertain you. And that's the primary reason which attracts us to, to watching movies is Mm -hmm. to be entertained. We want to be entertained or distracted, whatever you want to call it. But the other thing that a movie's trying to do is it's trying to move you. And some will do very little to move you. They'll, they'll move you a little bit and some will do a lot to move you. And at the sacrifice sometimes of your entertainment, because you know, it's, it's more about actually the impact of the film. And so I think like, you know, um, and the best usually find a balance of it. Yeah. And I yeah. think like, you know, not all artists out there are just, you know, they don't, their whole life isn't just entertaining people. They actually have a voice. They want to say something. Yeah. They want to say something through a creative medium. Yeah. And it's more than just kind of giving you something that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, you know, there's tons of content out there. That's a great distraction, but some of it isn't. And I think just because it isn't a distraction doesn't mean that it's you know, yeah. it's bad all of a sudden. Yeah. And it might be a little bit controversial. Right. And it's interesting, like a, a guy like, uh, Darren Aronofsky, uh, you know, he's done like he did Noah, you know, which I thought like, I, I know that that was kind of like, a that one received mixed reviews as well. And it was a big budget movie. You mm-hmm. know, it was Darren Aronofsky's first sort of like, he got a budget, right. You know, was it pretty commercial that one? Um, yes and no. You know, it was very interesting and I, I would be interested in, um, in kind of knowing some of like the, the story of, of how, of how he did it because it's like, it's, you know, taking on the subject of, uh, and the story of, of Noah's Ark, you know, and w- did I think it was like a, a brilliant film? No, I, I mean, did I enjoy it? Yeah. I'd say I actually, uh, like, I actually enjoyed it more yeah, for the most part I did. Uh, but what I, for me, like my appreciation of, of sort of as him as a filmmaker, which still came through in this sort of like film that he probably had more sort of pressures on making it kind of go a certain way. Um, he still, he still kind of takes a risk with something. He still kind of does something that you haven't necessarily quite seen before. Hmm. Um, because with this, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like lots of special effects and like, you know, big cast in it and everything. Uh, I have never seen biblical material treated the way that he, that he did it. Right. Because it was a movie that was like, it, it was almost like watching, uh, uh, how we would norm what we would normally associate with someone doing like uh, a film about like Greek gods right and stuff he treated biblical material with this sense of like almost absurdity 
but like absurdity, not in the sense of like, isn't this ridiculous? Isn't this story ridiculous? No absurdity in the sense of, of, um, like he just kind of really went with it. Hmm. Like really wild in the way that biblical material has not been treated before where it's always kind of like grounded in like, this is real, Hmm. you know? And this was kind of like really fantastical, Hmm. you know, like some of the creatures and the way things went, it was like, it was really wild. You know, you're like, this feels like something out of Greek mythology, right? Except it's out of a Bible. Right. Right. And he treated it that way. And it was definitely a risk for sure. Right. But he still, there was still elements that were undercurrents of humanity that like, I felt kind of honored the, the source material, right? Like he kind of gets to, it's like, yeah, like this story is kind of really crazy. And so he treated it, he presented it in that way. It's like, yeah, this is kind of crazy, but it's kind of mythology to communicate an idea. Right. And he still communicated the idea of like humanity and existence and, and right and wrong, good and evil. Like he still was working those elements in, in the whole thing. Right. Um, so it was, it was still very interesting. Like, was it like a masterpiece? I don't think so, Mm -hmm. but it didn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be either. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Well, I mean, you know, so I guess like, I think, I think what we're kind of coming to, I mean, the, the takeaway, I don't know, like, I kind of want to get to it now. I yeah. think the takeaway for this is, you know, if anybody can take anything from it is like, you know, make sure that you're, you're finding some appreciation in, in art in some way or another, you know, don't, don't be judgmental about it. You know, um, you know, think about it, you know, have your thoughts, have your opinions and whatever, but try not to be judgmental. Try not to be like, just, so narrow minded or so focused that something has to be a certain way. And if it kind of rocks your apple cart a little bit, like it disrupts you a little bit, don't just immediately write it off as though it's bad or it's shit or something like that. You know, like if you're feeling something like just take a breath and kind of go like, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe the fact that it provoked a feeling is a good thing. And, um, you know, uh, also maybe, you know, the other thing I would suggest for people, especially filmmakers, you know, like, because I always try to speak to the filmmakers and the writers, especially right now in my career, is like, push yourself out of your little bubble of entertainment, only watching entertainment stuff. Push yourself to start, you know, looking at films and things that aren't necessarily like mainstream. And I mean, you can go on, uh, you know, you can go on Google and you can go whatever to various like sites and you can get recommendations on them, some things that might like push your, your comfort zone around certain films to watch. Yeah. And, and just try to see like, you know, if there's something more to it and a book that I would suggest filmmakers read is there's this book called film art and it's, um, it's actually a textbook that they use in like film schools and stuff a lot of the time, but it's really neat because you can kind of look at like the art of film and, and kind of, um, see how there's more than just, it's more than just capturing an image. It's more than just recording sound. There's ways to tell story with, with sound and imagery and just the way you, you bring style and, and the acting and stuff so that you can enhance and bring qualities out. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty intense book. It is. Yeah. You could also, I I would also maybe recommend, um, Sidney Lumet's book. Um, I think it's just called making movies. Mm. Uh, 
I haven't read that one actually. Yeah, it's it's it was one of the first film books I ever read, and it, it was one that got me thinking about film in in a way I hadn't read right. at the at the time that I read it. Because yeah, he gets into you know from a very experienced director basically talking about how he how he makes movies, a little bit of an inside process mm-hmm. as to you know what goes into it and how it's just like oh like it's not just random shots you know it's not just like there's there's a a thought and a feeling and everything that's that, that's going into all of it right and um and by kind of understanding that you can you can appreciate the art form a little bit more right and see how and and, and start to spot how directors do things and and what makes them kind of unique and and how they um find ways to to move us right um and give us an experience as an audience yeah, that's, that's Anyhow, good. Sorry, I kind of maybe jumped in and cut you off. No, here. no, that's that's kind of what I had to say. I mean, I'm also going to say, like, you know, I went to film school and then I dropped out of film school because it was, you know, it, my, my own reasons. But the thing is, is that um, also, you know, there's film art and then there's commercialism in film. There's the entertainment side. And, you know, um, I think that we still need to consider and honor the entertainment and commercial side of it. Not to say that you have to bend over backwards for it, but not to be judgmental of that either. Cause some people might be like, Oh, you know, another superhero movie or some remake. It's stupid. It's like, well, no, it isn't stupid. People in the business side of thing with the money are investing and they're making sure that they can make their money back. So more movies can be made. So yeah. the thing is, is like, you know, uh, the part of the reason why I bucked against film school a little bit was in my experience, um, it was very film art focused, but not very film commercial film, you know, entertainment based. And I, you know, and I was kind of frustrated with the fact that I felt that there was a lot of biased opinion while I was there too, but just the other way. And so I think like, you know, if you want to be in this industry and you want to make money writing scripts and making movies, well, you kind of need to understand how things work, you know, um, commercially because that's a part of the business. That's a part of the game. If you just want to make movies for a hobby and for fun, then just do it artistically. But, you know, um, the, the way that film makes money is that people go out and see it and they pay their tickets and they buy the DVDs and they, yeah. and the film actually gets distributed and people across the world get to see it. So, you know, you still need to play the game a little, but I don't think you should bend over backwards to the game and just be like, okay, well, I'm a hundred percent commercialism and no yeah. art, you know? So all I'm saying is just like anything. I mean, it's the same message every fucking episode, find some balance, find the balance, yeah. you know, and it, maybe it's skewed. Maybe it's mostly commercialism, a little bit of art, Yeah. but find a little bit of art in it. And maybe if you, you know, maybe if you're all commercialism all the time, maybe look for the art in the commercialism a little bit. See if you can find something that's that makes you have a point of view or a voice or a vision that's more than just capturing images and covering it. Because I think film is so much more than that. And we look back at our great filmmakers, they didn't just capture it in a certain way. They put their voice and their energy and their image and their vision into these films. And that's why we recognize them. And we don't necessarily recognize a lot of the other filmmakers who were more generic, you know? And so I think like, just, I think we can all benefit by, with a little appreciation, I think we can all be a little less generic with our art. That's my message. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I, I probably echo a lot of those, those sentiments too. Um, yeah, I, I think that 
you know, kind of the, the takeaway or what I just like to recap on is just if you change your, your mind into an attitude, if, if you are a person who is, you know, and, and be honest with yourself, you know, are you maybe a bit of an overly critical person hmm. um, out there? And, and do you, are you a person who does appreciate not like, and not just work, you know, like if you're an artist, like I want, do you appreciate the work of your peers? Mm. You know, the people who are around you, if you're an actor, do you appreciate the other actors in your class? Do you like, especially in like a a classroom is a great, great place to, to begin this kind of a practice, you know, and, and learn to really look a little bit deeper to truly appreciate what other people do. Um, and you know, you might still feel a twinge of jealousy or envy, but don't dwell on that kind mm-hmm. of shit. You know, like that's like, there, there's not too much of a point of doing that. And, and I think that actually by finding appreciation for the work of others that, especially that you're in contact with, uh, that you have kind of maybe a relationship with is that, uh, you will start to find inspiration out of showing appreciation to other people for their work. Hmm. It's going to elevate what you do as well. Um, by getting you out of sort of a competitive mindset, uh, it's going to create a safer environment for you. So I think, yeah, like finding more appreciation for the peers around you, try and just appreciate the people around you. And as far as like, you know, maybe you don't going in and taking in, consuming works by people who you don't have a direct relationship with, you know, other than maybe the movie theater or the gallery or, you know, or a, or a record or something like that. Um, you know, try that sort of sandwich method, you know, especially if, if it's something that you didn't subjectively enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like what's something you appreciated about it. Okay. Now, once you've found something you've genuinely appreciated about it, what's your, what's your criticism? Right. Like, you know, and be specific, be specific about your criticism. What don't you like about this? You know, and within that, maybe you find an opportunity to see, oh, this is actually has more to do with me than it does to do with the artist. Right. You know, like this is actually because this makes me uncomfortable because I don't like to think about this or look at this in my own life because it's just too, it's just too close to home. It's too sensitive an area. And in that case, that what a blessing, because that's kind of also another thing that, that artists is meant to do is kind of to shine a light into some of those dark areas sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, just to get us to think about ourselves in a different way and the world in a different way. And, and that is the way that it has to be done every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then find something again that you can appreciate about it. Again, not saying that you have to say that you love something or, or whatever it's not, but it's just about finding opportunities to expand and to grow and to, and to learn something, you know? Um, and appreciation is, is, uh, is an easy way that we can begin to shift our own reality, our own ability to create. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> well, I hear you, man. Okay. So while uh, appreciation, everybody, I mean, just take that to the bank. 
That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.